Champions of nuclear power in the 1950s predicted it would be too cheap to meter. That didn't work out, but those wags were talking about fission. For decades, nuclear proponents have kept alive the idea of fusion power. Now the Energy Department has launched a grant program to rev up research into this science fiction-like technology. For details, we turn to the program director in the Advanced Research Projects Agency Energy, Dr. Scott Shu. Dr. Shu, good to have you on. Thank you. Good to be here. Let's begin with fusion energy itself. I always thought my understanding, you know, since I was a kid, was this was some sort of science fiction that's never really going to be something that is commercially viable. Not so? Hope not so. Fusion is being produced in experiments all over. The real challenge is doing it in a way that gives you net positive energy. That's the challenge people are working on today. So you can do fusion, but there's more energy input than you get out of the fusion process at this point? Yes, that's correct. Although we're close. Got it. And what has gotten us to this point so far? 60 years of hard-won research, scientific and engineering advances, pretty breathtaking advances in the key metric for fusion, which is the fuel density, the temperature, and how long you can hold that energy in. And so the rate of rise of that metric has been really the key advance of fusion research over many, many decades. And we're almost on the cusp of being at a level where you can get positive net energy. I see. And so therefore, it's probably fair to say there's not really a fusion industry yet. It's still something that exists as experimental research work. Today, that's true. It is experimental research work, but there is a growing fusion industry poised to take advantage you know, of the breakthrough. In fact, this growing industry today has both privately funded companies pursuing fusion energy concepts of their own and also industrial companies that may become the supply chain for future fusion power plants. I wanted to point out there is a fusion industry association. It's a relatively new industry association that launched in 2018. Its main members 22, according to their website, are companies pursuing the development of future fusion power plants. There's also affiliate members ranging from industrial partners to energy-oriented NGOs to companies interested in working with the fusion industry in various ways. So they're poised. Got it. And so the Energy Department, the federal government, has an interest in helping this develop. And your grant program, this new $32 million lower-cost fusion concepts program, covers three basic areas of fusion research. Tell us what those are. Yes, the BETA program stands for Breakthroughs Enabling Thermonuclear Fusion Energy. There's three research categories, as you referred to. The first one is to support R&D to advance the scientific maturity of promising concepts that have inherently lower cost than the mainstream fusion concepts. And the second one is to support component technology development that could lower the cost of the more mainstream fusion concepts. And these component technologies could include, for example, high-temperature superconductors or additive manufacturing. And finally, the third category consists of capability teams. These bring together expert teams at our national labs and universities in theory and modeling, in machine learning, in diagnostics, all to help accelerate the progress of multiple fusion concept teams that are supported by ARPA-E. We're speaking with Dr. Scott Shu. He is a program manager at ARPA-E. And so it sounds like you're trying to lower the cost of producing fusion energy, but also making the research itself more streamlined. Yes, absolutely. 
in fact, the two we feel are correlated, you know, the cost of doing the research as well as the ultimate deployment of a fusion system. And ARPA is definitely interested in supporting the R&D that has the potential of lowering both of those items by at least a factor of 10 compared to the present state of the art. I want to also add, if I may, that one of our theses in the beta program is that if we can demonstrate a, a larger number of very promising lower cost concepts, you know, at a, at a very attractive risk to reward ratio, the thesis is that a greater amount of private interest, sector interest and investments will then be brought to bear. Sure. Just out of curiosity, you mentioned that you need to have more energy come out of a process than goes into it to be any kind of viable process commercially. Is there a target differential when the energy department views this as something that could work commercially? That is, twice as much comes out as goes in or 1.5 times as much? That is a great question. And that ultimately is set by the competition, you know, in the energy markets. So clearly the higher that gain value is, then the more competitive you will be economically. So a great challenge for fusion is not only the technical challenge of achieving it, but also we're up against a moving target, you know, that the energy market represents. So there's not an easy answer, I guess, is the short answer. But in general, you want that gain factor to be, you know, at least several, you know, the higher, the better, basically. But I think realistically, people are shooting for maybe five to 10 as a reasonable value to give you an economical system. Sure. And just tell us about the programmatic aspects of this. Are these standard grants that you are awarding? Or is it a challenge type of grant program? Tell us about that part of it. Yes, at ARPA-E, and especially for the beta program, it's predominantly what we call cooperative agreements. These are the mechanism of funding, and cooperative agreements allow ARPA-E to work very closely with the awardees and in negotiating technical milestones and in very active project management as they pursue their work. I see. So these could be academics, it could be people in the nascent industry, and it could be, I guess, other. What about the federal energy labs themselves? Do they have any work here? Yes, Absolutely. In the RPE fusion programs in particular have had a very good, healthy balance across all those entities, about a third each, really, a third to private fusion companies, a third to university-led, and a third to DOE national lab-led. Uh, that's been a good, healthy mix of participants. And finally, you mentioned, I think, in a blog post or a story about this program that Perhaps there could be commercial-grade fusion demonstrations within 20 years. It struck me that's about the timeline for getting a human being to Mars. Do you think it's going to be 20 years, or could it be two years? Well, it's unlikely to be two years unless somebody comes up with a miracle. Um, I'll, I'll say I'll definitely be cheering for both fusion and Mars, but I'll say that the first three rules of fusion are don't make any promises about timelines, right? <laughs> the, the field has suffered too many black eyes already. But what I will say is that there is a confluence of factors right now, including mature fusion science, outside technology push, and a very strong market pull for fusion's energy generation characteristics. Uh, with these factors in mind, ARPA-E believes that targeted investments today could enable an inflection point in the rate of fusion development to make 20 years a real possibility. That's what's driving our decisions right now. Dr. Scott Chu is a program director in the Advanced Research Projects Agency, Energy. Thanks so much for joining me. 
Thank you so much, Tom. It was a pleasure. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.